friends! Welcome to Name That Voice, a podcast where we discuss all things voiceover, from history and drama to trending hot topics and the lives of some of your favorite voice actors. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so grateful that you've decided to spend some time with me. Welcome to yet another episode of our series, where today we will talk about one of the greatest voice actors of all time. Please like, comment, and subscribe for more content. Just a quick housekeeping, I'm so sorry I missed last week. I pushed myself a little too hard when I had COVID to continue doing all of the work that I had, and so it just kind of caught up to me after the fact, and I really just needed to take um, some time off for uh, just, you know, self-care and uh, and just kind of reset. So I'm all better now, and I am uh, I'm, I'm pleased to continue. <laughs> So the word voice acting had no real importance to its name, and I think it's appropriate that we credit the man who paved the way for future voice actors, Mel Blanc, otherwise known as the man of a thousand voices. Many of you may have heard his name, and some of you already know who he is. But if you don't, then now you will. Melvin Jerome Blank was born on May 30th, 1908 in San Francisco, California. He was a younger child with an older brother, Henry Blank. Both were children of Frederick Harvey and Eva H. Katz Blank. In his early years, Blank's family moved to southwest Portland, where he attended Commerce Grammar School and Lincoln High School, where he developed an interest in music and musical instruments. So Blank decided to feed his curiosity by trying out what he can do with sounds, and found out he'd done really well with the bass, violin, and sousaphone. He got his first job at 15 as a radio performer on KGW on their weekday program for children, where he used to sing. So you may have noticed the spelling of his last name, Blank and sometimes Blanc, and you noticed I am changing how I pronounce it. This is intentional because he actually changed his original name from Blank to Blanc. Why did he change this, you might be asking? It was because a teacher told Blank that he would be nothing in the future, just like his name suggested. It's a pretty mean thing to say to a 16-year-old, but that made Mel Blanc decide to change his name from Blank to Blanc. He did, in fact, prove his teacher wrong in the end, since he's arguably the greatest voice actor of all time. A few years later, in 1925, Blanc joined Demolay in Portland, Oregon. Demolay is an international frat organization that is still active today and is mainly for male youths, targeting individuals from 12 to 21. The organization's goal is to build better sons, which ultimately would turn them into better husbands, fathers, and citizens. Who knew such an organization existed and still exists? I, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just I didn't realize that was a thing. <laughs> Mel Blanc had been a part of it for 63 years and credits them for shaping him into who he was as he is quoted as saying, I have been a member of Demolay for 63 years. I thank God and Demolay for helping me become kind and thoughtful to my parents and all my friends. I had many opportunities to do the wrong things, and I might have done them if it were not for Demolay. God bless them. Almost a decade later, in 1933, Mel Blanc tied the knot with a performer, Estelle Zelda Rosenbaum, who he fathered an only child with, Noel Blanc. We know a little bit about his interests and career in his early life, but let's have a deeper look into how he has actually gone from Blanc to the greatest voice actor of all time. 
After working a little for KGW Radio back when Blanc was younger, he was hired in 1927 for their well-known program called Hoot Owls, a late-night variety show by KGW, where Blanc performed and wrote for the show. Later on, he worked for his older brother, who was the program director of KFWI Radio in San Francisco. But that did not last long after a stock market crash in 1929. Blanc returned to KGW and the Friday night favorite program, Hoot Owls. In the 1930s, he started doing freelancing work as he performed for different Los Angeles radio stations. And then joined Warner Brothers after one of their voice actors passed away. However, it was not that easy for him, as it took over a year to get an audition with Leon Schlesinger, where he finally got to debut a drunken bull on Picador Porky. As a side job, he worked for many different companies, with the likes of Walt Disney and Metro Goldwyn Mayer, until he was provided with an exclusive contract that stated his voice could only be used for Warner Brothers' work. Schlesinger recognized Blanc's true potential, and that is why he had drawn up the contract, which was a pretty smart move on his part. Mel Blanc then went on to star as voices from major characters, such as Porky Pig in Porky's Duck Hunt. With his time for Warner Brothers, he voiced almost all of the popular characters of the studio, um, especially with characters from Looney Tunes, like Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny is his probably most what he's most famous for. Due to the contract signed by Mel Blanc, his performance for Universal Pictures for Woody Woodpecker made it impossible for his voice to be used, but it did allow for his laugh and the Woody catchphrase. He is the man of a thousand voices, but the voice closest to his original one was that of Sylvester the Cat according to Noel Blanc, Mel's son, who said that Mel Blanc's original voice is almost identical to that of the cartoon cats, without the lisp. Suffering succotash! Don't start that patter of little feet around the house stuff again. I'm busy. Every day it's the same thing. Pitter-patter of little feet. A baby? Quick, quick, open it, open it! Oh boy, this makes me a father! A mouse? While voice acting for Bugs Bunny, Blanc would often do his eating sounds at the end of his recording because of his dislike for biting into raw carrots, which is what the editors used to edit in the eating sounds manually into the relevant bits. It's also believed he was allergic to the carrots because he would spit them out right away, but Noel Blanc disproved that theory and said he only spat it out because it was difficult to speak with the carrot in his mouth. Mel Blanc has been pretty involved in voice acting and voiceover since he was a teenager, and that is some serious dedication. Now it's time we go over some of his important achievements and life events during voice acting, which even includes how Bugs Bunny literally saved his life. What makes Mel Blanc really significant is the fact that he was the one to give voice acting and voice artists appreciation and recognition from the public. When he was denied a raise from Warner Brothers, he asked to at least be credited for his work. Warner Brothers decided to do so, crediting Mel Blanc as a vocal characterizationist, which was the beginning of Blanc's public fame and the beginning of recognition for voice artists. Okay, so I know you're asking, how did Bugs Bunny save Mel Blanc's life? 
Well, on January 24th, 1961, it was a normal day when Blanc took his Aston Martin out for a drive on Sunset Boulevard. However, he was driving on the infamous stretch known as the Dead Man's Curve. Sounds lovely where he collided with another vehicle. He was later resuscitated by the paramedics, who were able to identify him quickly from an autographed photo. He suffered multiple skull fractures, and also fractures on his legs and pelvis, and he was admitted to the UCLA Medical Center, where he had been in a coma for weeks. A neurologist decided to experiment with a technique to attempt to wake Mel Blanc from his coma. The doctor was a fan of his cartoon characters and addressed Blanc as Bugs Bunny by saying, Bugs? Bugs Bunny? Are you there? Miraculously, Mel replied, What's up, Doc? And the doctor kept on conversing with Mel through his other characters, which took him out of his coma. During his recovery, Blanc still worked hard as his voice was still needed. His room was filled with recording equipment, and he had done voice acting for the Flintstones right from his hospital bed. Can you even imagine? Later on in his career, he founded Mel Blanc Associates in 1962, where he and his son, Noel Blanc, created thousands of public service announcements and commercials. In 1966, Mel Blanc received the French Legion of Honor, the highest French honor one can be bestowed for their outstanding achievements. He even has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He definitely deserves it. Mel passed away due to a heart disease, and the epitaph on his headstone reads, That's all, folks. Which, of course, is a popular signature closing for Looney Tunes. A bit macabre, if you ask me. If you made it this far, you deserve a bonus fact. Mel Blanc's license plate read KMIT, which was actually similar to a radio station, and a representative of the California Department of Motor Vehicles had to inquire about his license plate, since it is prohibited to advertise on the license plate. Which I did not know. Blanc said it was not advertising, but instead, KMIT stood for Know Me In Truth. Joke's on the representative, because the license plate actually meant Kishmir Im Tukas, which is Yiddish for kiss my ass. Tukas, 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 Tukas. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Name That Voice. All source material will be listed in the description down below and in the show notes of the podcast, should you wish to go down this rabbit hole on your own. And if you have any requests for research topics, please let me know in the comments below. Thank you for watching. Remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and whatever you are struggling with today will pass. Until next time, that's all, folks!